Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is February 23rd, and our reading comes from Mark chapter 6. Beginning in verse 30, Mark says this, The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. So they gather back with Jesus. You remember he sent them out two by two, and now they're telling about all their experiences. Verse 31, then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. So they've been out ministering and Jesus realizes they need a break. They need some time to rest. So he said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and the apostles didn't even have enough time to eat. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. I just want to pause right there and point out how Jesus recognizes if he and the disciples are going to continue to minister to these crowds, they've got to rest, they've got to eat, they've got to connect with each other, they've got to care for their own soul. The same thing is true for me and you. We've got to care for our own soul. And listen, we live in a culture that is go, 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 go. And most people are overextended. We're spread too thin. And because our soul is ragged, the truth is often we don't have anything left to give to our family or our friends or our coworkers because we're running on empty. So we all have got to learn, and Jesus is teaching the disciples here, how to take care of their own soul. Because listen, there's always more to do than you can do. There's always more opportunity than you can take advantage of. There's always more to put on your calendar than you have time to put on your calendar, right? And we have to learn how to say no. Enough is enough to live with margin, to be content, and not allow culture. And I think the enemy is working through culture really to overextend us, to run us ragged, to burn us out, and to keep us from having anything to offer. Listen, what our world needs so much is they need to learn how to connect and to walk with Jesus. But the truth is, most people say they don't have time. Most people say they don't have the energy. Most people are really, they're running to a fix because they've not learned to run to Jesus. And so Jesus is trying to teach them to take care of their soul. And when we learn to do this, then we can help other people do the same thing. Because the truth is, our relationships cannot flourish. Our marriage cannot flourish. Our parenting, our families cannot flourish. We cannot do ministry at work and in our neighborhood. We can't do all that God's called us to do if our soul's not healthy. So the first thing you got to do is take care of your soul. Jesus is helping them learn that in the midst of all of these ministry demands. It reminds me of the whole thing when we're flying somewhere. And you remember at the beginning of the flight and they're teaching you about safety. And they say, if the cabin should lose air pressure, then a mask will fall down in front of you. And what do they say? Put your mask on first before attempting to help others. That's what Jesus is trying to teach the disciples. We've got to put our mask on first. We've got to take care of our soul first so that we can serve others well from a place of health and a place of strength, a place of relational safety and strength and connection. 
Man, Jesus wants them to understand this. Now watch. The people hear that. They see them get on the boat, and they just run around to the other side of the lake. They're determined to get with Jesus. So when he gets to the other side, he gets out of the boat. He sees all the people. They're begging for his help, and he's moved with compassion. And here's what I love. The balance of this is so beautiful. So on one hand, he's teaching his disciples, you got to care for his for your own soul. And on the other hand, he recognizes the great need, their sense of desperation. He's moved with compassion and he takes up his cross again, right? He lays down his life again. He gives up what he needs to serve them for a moment. It's just for a moment. So watch this. So they're coming. He's teaching them. He's healing them, ministering to them. Finally gets to the end of the day. And the disciples suggest, let's send these people home so they can get something to eat. Jesus says, you feed them. Well, disciples recognize there's no way we can do that. We don't have that much money. It would take months of wages to feed all these people. And Jesus asks, well, what do you have? Go find out. And they come back and say, we have five loaves. We have two fish. And Jesus says, well, give me what you've got. And he blesses it. He breaks it and he begins passing it out and he feeds 5,000 men, not counting women and children. So it could have been upwards of 20,000 people who ate that day from five loaves and two fish. And I just love that picture. And here's, I want to just highlight a couple of things. First, in verse 42, it says they all ate as much as they wanted. Let me just say, you can have as much of Jesus as you want. And the truth is, I don't think we're hungry enough. I I love what uh, John Piper says in his book, Hunger for God. He says, the problem isn't that we've eaten and we're satisfied. The problem is that we're so full of good things that we have no appetite for the great. And I just want to say, we've got to all work. Part of our soul care is making sure that we're not so overindulgent in good things, not, not, not in morality, but just good things that we've lost our appetite for what is great. We've lost our appetite for the kingdom and for God's presence and for revival and whatever the new thing that God wants to do in our hearts. And I love what it says in this story is that when Jesus starts passing this stuff out, Everyone got to eat as much as they wanted. And I just think God would say to us, you can have all you want. Keep coming after me. I've got more. I've got more. I've got more. Listen, no matter what God has done in your life or doing in your life, there's more. And I think we got to stir up our appetite for God. And of course, everybody eats. And at the end, there's 12 baskets full. So when we give our life to serving and blessing others, God always makes sure to provide what we need to be able to take care of ourselves so that we can continue to serve others. Now watch what happens next. Verse 45, after that, immediately it says, Jesus insisted. It's not optional. So a minute ago, he was telling them we got to rest. And then the crowd kind of forced them back into action. And at the end of the day, he says, it is time to stop. Immediately, verse 45, Jesus insisted the disciples get back in the boat and head out onto the lake. Well, the people can't bother them in the boat out on the lake. He went up on the mountain to be by himself and to pray. And so once again, there comes a point where we must stop. 
at the end of the day, there will always be more to do. There will always be more needs than we can meet. And we have to stop and take care of our soul. And Jesus is doing that. He's encouraging the disciples to do that. Now, when they get out on that sea, they find themselves in a storm. And I just want to point out that often, you know, we've said before, storms come in life. In our life, storms come. That's just part of it. But sometimes the storm is caused because we left Jesus on the shore. Now, in this story, Jesus told them, he instructed them to go out there by themselves. But sometimes in our lives, the reason we are in a storm is because we've gotten separated from Jesus. And in this story, they're separated from Jesus. They find themselves in a storm and Jesus allows them to struggle a little bit. And I think God sometimes allows us to struggle because he wants us to see our need for God. So they're out there struggling, they're afraid, and they begin crying out. And Jesus enters into the storm. He gets in the boat, and everything is at rest. And so sometimes when you find yourself in the storm, let's allow the storm to turn our face, our heart to Jesus. Let's cry out. Let's invite him into the boat, into the storm. And when Jesus enters our storm, we find peace. Now, watch this. I love this. In verse 53, it says, After they crossed the lake, they landed in Gesserit, and they brought the boat to shore, and they climbed out. And the people recognized Jesus at once, and they ran throughout the whole area, carrying sick people on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, villages, cities, or countrysides, they brought the sick out to the marketplaces. They begged him to let the sick touch the fringe of his robe, and all who touched him were healed. Now, here's the thing I just want to highlight. I love the fact that when they touched Jesus, they were healed. And I don't know what you're going through, but I want to encourage you, Jesus is the answer. And if we will, in our suffering, in our struggle, if we'll turn to Jesus and make him our pursuit, if we'll be desperate to get hold of him, God wants to work in our heart, in our life, and in our circumstances. But on the other hand, I also want to point something out. So many times, and we've talked about this before, I want to talk about it again because I know for a lot of people this is a real struggle. We ask the question, if there's a God and He is good and He's loving and He's all-powerful, why is there so much suffering in our world? Why doesn't God just fix it? Why doesn't God just heal everybody? Well, I want us to recognize two things. Number one, their suffering, their sickness, their pain is why they're looking for Jesus in this moment. So again, just remember Our pain pushes us into Jesus. And if we get hold of Jesus, even if our pain in this life never goes away, our eternity in paradise is secure. And it's our pain that brought us into that promise, that relationship. But the second thing I want you to recognize is, is that because all these people have gotten healed with Jesus, now when Jesus shows up, the truth is they're not begging him for good news What they want is healing. And one of the dangers for all of us, this is true in American culture, right? Somebody gets healed and it's like we get hyper-focused on healing and we lose sight of the more important message 
of salvation, redemption, eternal life, the kingdom of God established, not just healing your physical body, but in your heart and every area of your life. Jesus came to do something bigger than just heal our bodies. Now, ultimately, if you have faith in Christ, ultimately, everybody will have a glorified body that will never get sick and we will live forever in paradise with the Lord. So healing ultimately is coming. But between now and then, the truth is the good news is more important than our healing because our temporary healing doesn't a result in eternal happiness, but the good news in a relationship with God sometimes results in temporary healing, but always results in eternal healing and paradise, life with God forever and ever and ever. So in this story, all they can think about is healing and their hunger for the good news is lost. And I think here in America, if God were to break out and start healing everybody, so let's say in church on Sunday, all of a sudden everybody we prayed for was getting healed. Word would spread, the place would be packed out, everybody'd be there for healing. But it reminds me of John chapter six when Jesus says, You've come to get a meal, but the truth is you're not interested in me. And if Jesus just started healing everybody, I think most people would show up wanting to be healed, but they don't want Jesus to reign as king in their hearts. So God is managing this tension. I do want to touch people. I do want to heal some people. I do want to build faith. I love people and I care. I'm moved with compassion. I want to do something. But on the other hand, I have to be careful that it doesn't become about their physical healing to the neglect of their spiritual and eternal condition. And so one of the reasons we don't see more healing is because often our pain drives us to Jesus. And because the truth is what we all need more than physical healing is for our hearts to be made new so that we can spend all eternity with a perfect, healthy, glorified body in paradise with the Lord Jesus. Man, I hope that helps. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for this word today. Help us to care for our own soul First, I pray for every person listening. God, help us not to, to be overextended, to, to run ourselves ragged, to keep cramming more and more into our schedules. Help us, Lord, to live with margin, to be content, to find rest, to care for our soul so that from a place of strength and health, we can love and serve the people around us. And God, I pray that you would help us in our suffering to run to Jesus. God, that you would use our pain, that you would use our longing for the kingdom really to draw us into a deeper relationship with you. God, I love the story where in the feeding of the 5,000, it says that they ate all they wanted. God, give us all a greater hunger for more and more of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for being with me today. I hope that encourages you to remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.